Good evening. I know, that sounded really hard, y'all. Come on, good evening. <laughs> sounded super forced. Um, so I know that David talks all the time about we are the church. Well, these past two months, I have got to actually be the church. Um, and I, I'll say my, like my everyday life. Um, I've had several people reach out to me about questions of their salvation. And one, I don't take it lightly. Like, I don't take it lightly at all. And two, I'm extremely honored and also humbled that they would view me in that light to trust me to pour into their lives. Because um, eternity is a long time. Long time. Um, So I could kind of tell that God was working on a pattern with that, but um, I immediately doubted myself, and I was like, I'm not going to follow up Nick's Get Understanding with a salvation message. No, like, we're, we're going somewhere else, Lord. Like, let me know where. So um, he actually brought me to Jonah, and I, I teach children's church here, so I'm comfortable with Jonah. Like, I'm like, we're in the well. We're on the hill. Where you want to go, Lord? Where are we at? So um, in Jonah 4, which y'all don't have this back there, but um, so this is actually after he, um, Jonah preached to Nineveh and they all repented and they fasted. Um, and he is throwing his pity party, which if you haven't read Jonah, um, read it through the eyes that I read it, that he is a complete drama king because like, not just once, but twice, maybe even, I think it might be three times, he literally asked God, just kill him. Like, and if you ever notice the people that are, go through afflictions and are asking for the grave are normally the ones that are the most unfit for it. So um, Jonah, he's sitting on the hill and, um, you know, he's asking God and then that's when God reveals, he's like, You're more concerned about the plant that withered than you are about all these people and their salvation. And, you know, in the last line that um, God speaks to him, he says, and I should not have a concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals. And immediately I was like, okay, Lord, you took me to Jonah for me because I was having a Jonah moment. I was more concerned about my reputation than I was salvation. And I was like, okay, Lord, where you got this. And um, I have learned, I gotta take a minute because um, God is so gentle with me. And um, I'm not that person that um, bucks whenever it comes to God. Like, I'm like, I know there's people that are like, I'm gonna wrestle this out with him. And I'm like, "Mm, buckle up, have fun. Um, I know my husband probably wouldn't agree. um, But whenever I, I like am really gentle whenever I'm like, okay, Lord, let's do it your way. Absolutely. Like, I have learned. Um, So, and I, I guess, which... God knows how to handle each and every one of us. So don't, if you are that person that wants to wrestle it out, have faith that, hey, he knows how to handle you. You're his child. He knows how to handle your child. I mean, um, speaking of child, <laughs> children, I guess I, I view that 
because that's the same way that I raise my son or our son. Um, I, I tell him all the time, this is not up for negotiation. Like, I'm your parent. I know what's best for you. I'm going to continue to choose what's best for you every single time. You don't have to worry about that. I'm gonna choose what's best for you. And I can see that, that that's exactly how God deals with us. He's going to choose what's best for us every single time. And in fact, he's given us an entire layout in his word. So with that, um, I decided to be obedient. And um, with every question that these people were reaching out about their salvation, um, you know, it was the comment, okay, I get, I get it. We gotta believe in Jesus, I get it. But how, like, but how do I get to the point where you're at? Well, how do I get to this? And um, so that's the title of my message is But How, because I heard it a lot. Um, so we are living, we have to understand that we're living a life on a foundation that somebody else laid before us. It might've been your parents, it might've been, grandparents, it might have been an aunt, an uncle, whoever it may be. We're living on a foundation and we're also leaving a foundation. Um, and sometimes we understand, we, we try to start living our life and we realize, wait, my foundation is not that solid. I have started to build on something that's not that solid. Um, and with that, um, we know that building a life on Jesus is, that's a tried and true, trusted foundation that we have to do. And I'm a very visual person, so y'all please just bear with me and maybe try to visualize um, like some of my scenarios. But um, because if I've been to your house, I have probably like rearranged it in my head several times. <laughs> Like I drive Brandon insane because I will literally be like, hey, come see what I wanna do. Come see in here. I'm gonna move this. And he's just like, like I've married the perfect man because for me because he is just like, whatever makes you happy, babe. Sure. Um, so we know that Jesus is the cornerstone. And um, I also love house stuff. So I get really excited about when someone's building a house or whatever. Um, so a cornerstone is what will guide up and out. So we, just visualize this, we are the stones that are being added to the kingdom foundation. Our choices and decisions will have an impact for next generations. And that's not just your spiritual choices, it's your educational, it's your emotional, your financial, whatever, no matter what the choice is, it's gonna be a part of a foundation for others to build off of. Um, when we build a foundation on Jesus, we know that for something to be true, it has to be consistent. The word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's the only truth. And especially in today's world, you can see where they like to just change up truth constantly. Um, if you'll go to Ephesians 2, 19, or if you'll just read along. Um, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. 
built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So I have told people, like, you have to live a life, you have to have your, your foundation built on Jesus, and then I get the same, but how? Because um, a lot of people, and I'll, I, I can say that I've been there before, I, I lived my life like that before, um, I claim to believe in Jesus, and James 2.19, it says, you believe that there is one God, good, even the demons believe that and shudder. And you can kind of see that most American Christianity, um, it's come to that point. They're like, I'm good. I believe in God. I'm good. It's fine. Um, and then we have the other spectrum of it, the other side of it, pendulum swing. Um, is it walking a man-made narrow path with added on rules and doctrines? Because religion will tell you that it is walking the narrow path. Like David always says, you gotta clean up before you go to the shower. And um, in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and, your, and in your name drive out demons? and in your name perform many miracles, then I, will plainly, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So Jesus said it's not just our man-made doctrines either. Um, and then this one is, I feel like, so relevant. I don't know what the generation after me is called. If y'all know, I don't know. Are they like the Gen Zs or Xers or something? So... They are, I like to say, like, the feeling generation. Like, I got a good feeling. Can you send these vibes? Can you send this energy my way? I don't get it, like, at all. But um, a lot of people, unfortunately, are believing the lie of, um, is it just feeling better? Well, I must... My, I'm, my salvation's secure because I feel like a Christian. Those people are sitting at the highs. So when we hit, they hit a low, doubt comes in, and then they completely have just turned their back and they're like, oh, just it, being a Christian's just too hard. Because the feelings, the highs and lows come and go. And only if you are building on a foundation that says, when the lows come, I'm with you. Can you handle the lows? And only if you're building on a foundation that when you're on the highs, you don't forget who's holding your foundation. So the only way, and this is more of the um, conversations that I was having with these people, and y'all, it, it is hard to tell somebody hey, like, yeah, okay, and you're trying, and you wanna answer every, like, I don't want them to take, um, I don't want them to think I'm taking for granted the questions that they're asking. Um, 
so whenever I'm telling them, well, you got to build your life on the foundation of Jesus Christ, and, and then they're like, well, okay, but how? And so, and then I said, we have to be born again. And they're like, oh, well, I was baptized when I was little. And I'm like, okay, but that's more, like there's more to being born again. And I know Nick just finished like the whole Get Understanding series. Um, there's more to it, but automatically when someone in today's world or today's, I'd say, American church, um, when someone says born again, they automatically just assume baptized. They assume baptized. Um, John 3, 5 through 7, he says, very truly, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water by the Spirit and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. And um, that's when Jesus was actually talking to Nicodemus. And um, back then, they he didn't get it. He didn't understand. Um, and I feel like now, I feel like we kind of understand it, but there's more to being born again than just taking a dip in a horse trough <laughs> um, for here. Um, and there's more to it than our salvation. There's more to it than just going to heaven because your eternity starts now. And at some point, whether it's in the past or the present or the future, every one of us is gonna come to the realization that we are not standing still. There is no pause button on our life. That we are moving in a, down a road in a direction of either death and hell or life and heaven. And see, for a long time, I can, I'll be completely transparent with you. For a long time, I thought that I was moving in the direction and then I would sin. So I thought that I just like stepped off that road of life and heaven, and I thought I was just on the off-road trail. Um, there's not an off-road trail. Whenever I was moving right along and then I sinned, I completely turned around. And that's something that a lot of people don't understand because we, we want our cake and we wanna eat it too. We wanna say, we are doing what Jesus has called, but we wanna sin and we're just gonna take the off-road trail. There is no off-road trail. There's two roads, one to life and heaven, and the other to death, I mean, to yes, to death and hell. Um, so we have to acknowledge that when we sin, that we have turned around and we are walking in a further away from God. That's what sin does. It wedges us away from God, but, and I told you I'm very visual, so. But when we repent, which means to turn away from, we are back on the right road. Um, the thing is that we have to acknowledge sin. And telling somebody um, who actually doesn't even really, when I'm like, well, come to church, come to church. Come and, telling somebody like, hey, come to church, it's hard if somebody hasn't made the first step to come into, because they automatically assume that, oh, she's just gonna beat me over the head with the Bible. <laughs> like, and it's, it's, 
the generations before did that. So we are dealing with people who rightfully think that that's how it's gonna be whenever they come because religion has done that. Um, Religion will tell you that you are growing into your salvation. But the Lord gave me a word and it just stuck with me. And I just, I think it's gonna be my new like life motto. So if y'all hear me saying it a lot, um, that we're not growing into our salvation, but we're growing in grace. Because our eternity starts now, like I said. And um, if we try to beat ourselves up when we do sin, then we're not ever gonna understand the concept and the actual power of grace. Um, I have to brag on my husband real quick. Um, So there are days, and this will be the only time I say this, Brandon, but there are days that I don't even like myself. Like, I mean, like I can be, I don't wanna say ruthless, but maybe, like there's just some days that I'm just like, you know, I mean, I'm sure everyone is never like that in here. Um, But y'all, my husband, he just loves me right where I'm at. Like, and he gives me grace upon grace upon grace. And I'm just like, I don't even like me right now, but thank you. I love you so much. And whenever you can see somebody else giving you grace, you learn to grow in grace. You learn to extend that same grace that's been given to you. And a lot of people don't understand, they take for granted the grace of Jesus. And if we as the church start growing in grace and extending that out to people, they'll see it. They'll feel it. The feeling generation will feel it. Trust me. Um, so I, I've said this to the people and I still get a, but how? And I'm like, okay, well, where are you using your faith? That's been my next question to them. Where are you using your faith? What are you putting your faith in? And then I get the response, well, I don't, I don't really have faith. That's why I'm talking to you about this because I really don't have faith, Heather. That's, so that's why I'm talking to you right now. And I'm like, no, 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 because the word of God says um, in Romans 12, three, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. God is a fair God. He would not say later on in Hebrews eleven six 6 that it's impossible to please God without faith and not give every single one of us a measure of faith. It's what are you putting your faith in? That was my question to them. What are you putting your faith in? Because a lot of people, some put it in the election and they were extremely disappointed. Some people put their faith in their job that they know if they go to work, their their boss is gonna pay them, they're gonna, that's how they're gonna eat, that's how they're gonna pay for things. Some people put their faith in sports. They determine their entire mood on if the Astros lost the World Series. <laughs> sorry, y'all. I'm not a baseball fan, sorry. Um, but 
literally some people, and they don't understand that we have been, the word of God says that we've been given a measure of faith. So where are you putting your faith? Whenever I ask them that, and then they're like, wait. It kind of like, I could tell light bulbs started clicking in some of these people. Some of them still were like, no, you don't get what I'm asking. And I'm like, okay, we'll get there. Um, The thing is, is that building on the foundation of Jesus, we need to fear God, love God, and depend on him for everything. Because if, if we don't, we get caught in putting our faith in other things. Faith in things that aren't going to last. The same as the faith that Jonah had in um, the leafy plant that gave him shade. And then whenever it was gone the next day, he wanted to die again. So I just, these are a few points that I had given um, to a few of the people. And if you want to write them down, you're more than welcome to. Um, Clear our hearts, repent so that we can hear the truth. Because I believed that lie at one time. I believed the lie that I was heading in the right direction and that I could hop off that road and go on a side trail and still be heading in the right direction. It wasn't until I understood true repentance to turn away from the sin. It wasn't until that I understood that I can't hear from God and I can't hear the truth with a filthy heart. Bring your desires to him. Let him sift through them so that you want what he wants. And that one's really hard because we... Everything seems so available and at hand. And bringing, it's easy for people to say, well, my desires, I'm a good person. My desires, God wants me to have that for sure. But there's something, I'm telling you, just the same that I tell my son, he as our father knows what's best for us. So bring your desires to a point of neutral that you're just like, Lord, these are my desires of my heart. Take away the ones that aren't from you. Take away the ones that will destroy me. Take away the ones that I can do nothing with. Um, and this is a, a next one is a lot of fun, y'all. Exercise patience. Mm, I know, don't ever pray for patience, right? Um, but you have to, Exercise patience um, be, and refuse to run ahead of God because my husband has, um, he is a dreamer, but he's also a doer. And it is like amazing to, he's gonna, he'll tell me something and then like literally he's moving and getting it done. And I'm like, like, you're not gonna game plan it a little bit more. Like he's, he is a dreamer and he's a doer. And, um, but then I pop in as wife of the year and I'm like, did you pray about it? Like, should we be patient more about it? Because I tell him all the time, if God's not in it, I don't want it. And I refuse to run ahead of God. Um, coming from a like 
ex-OCD control person um, issue. I refuse it. I lived a life like that, and I, I, I lived a life thinking that, hey, God, I'm gonna hold your hand, and I'm gonna show you what we really should do. And I'm not going back, and I'm telling you, it is exercise patience. Refuse to run ahead of him. Um, this next one, be alert to pressure. I tell Brandon this all the time. Um, be careful who you allow to speak into your life. And also be careful of what you are speaking into your life. Because internal and external pressure is a real thing. And when we just allow just anybody and anything to jump in, especially if you have done the top three, the other three, and you just allow some, anybody just to jump in and be like, oh yeah, well, you need to do this. Hey, you might be, that person might be in your life for you to speak into their life, not for them to speak into yours. So always be aware of internal and external pressure. Um, this is a favorite one. Pray and pray without ceasing. Um, when I used to read Pray Without Ceasing, I used to always be like, do you just constantly pray? Like, do you never say amen? Like, how does this go? But um, I will wake up sometimes and I'm literally like praying. I'll go to sleep sometimes and it'll be, I'll be in the middle of a prayer. And I'm not saying that you have to be as crazy as me and like talk to yourself or talk to God 24 seven. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying acknowledge him in all things, in the big and the small, he's there and acknowledge him. Pray, have the conversation with him because what may seem small to you might be big for the foundation that you're leaving for somebody else. So pray and pray without ceasing. Um, this next one, um, whenever I told some people this, uh, rest in God's promises. They were like, well, what's God's promises? And I'm like, you have to read your Bible. Because <laughs> God's word is God's mind in print. And Brandon will text me some like good news or something and I'll say, he is who he says he is. And that's, that's it. Because it's, it's, I know that it's all God. And I'll just re reply with, he is who he says he is. But I didn't get to that point to be able and confident to be able to say that until I really put the time to understand who he is. And he reveals himself through his word. So rest in God's promises. And if you don't know his promises, spend more time in his word because he's revealed them. He's laid them out there for us. Um, and wait for God's peace. And this one is why we have this nice little, I would probably like to go visit and Brandon would probably be like, it's some stones, girl, you crazy. Um, it's why we have that picture up there because this is pretty neat, y'all. Um, so peace in the Greek means to bind. 
So, like I said, I'm very visual. I was thinking about like rough cut stones and that one's probably like mud and sand and all the other stuff, but like we would know it as like mortar, you know? And I, I just like to think, wow, we have Jesus, this chief cornerstone that sets the direction for up and out. And then we have, I like to look at us as each stone, each thing that had to be chiseled and cut off of us, and then we have God's peace that binds and unites it. And I was like, wow, God, you're so cool. Like, you're so cool. Um, whenever you're laying that next stone, whenever you're obedient and you invite that person to church, or whenever you, you speak into someone's life that you know if they only knew Jesus, Whenever you, you're bringing another stone to the foundation. You're bringing another stone for the foundation for our kids and their kids. And that peace, when we wait for God's peace, we wait for him to bind it. We wait for him to unite it. Um, blessed are the peacemakers. We know that that's in scripture. Um, you hear a lot about peace these days and it's never, it's kind of miss, it's kind of abused the way that people say, well, just keep the peace, you know? And there's a difference in a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. And the world wants us to just keep the peace while we're building on a foundation or while they are, trying to tell us to build on a foundation that's just crumbling. They don't care that you have to leave that foundation for your kids and their kids because they just want you to keep the peace. The only way to have true peace and to be a peacemaker is to bring it all out and bring it to him and to be born again. Hebrews 8, 12 for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. The only way to actually build on a foundation of Jesus and not just chill out on that foundation, but actually build in the kingdom is to bring it all at the ground level of the cross and bring the sins, bring it all out, bring your heart, bring everything to him and leave it under the blood because there's no way that we could ever do anything that would ever earn it. There's no way that we could ever do anything that would ever, um, I, I don't even know what all people think that, I mean, once I've heard the true gospel, I can't, I can't see any other way but that it's a precious gift and it's a gift that he is extending and that it's literally us. So, um, with that, the foundation of building on the foundation of Jesus, um, and like I said, when you bring more stones into the kingdom, it's not that you're just like, hey, I'm doing these and this is a pat on my back. It's not about that. It's about the foundation that you're leaving for others to build on. Because if you haven't seen, but choices matter. A lot, a lot. Um, I think that 
America is understanding and reaping some of their choices right now. Um, but none of that will matter. The only thing that is everlasting is the kingdom. And it doesn't mean that we have to be so kingdom mindset that we just ignore our duties here because that, that's not who, where, if that was it, then you would already, you wouldn't be here right now. You would be either cremated or in a grave. But if there is breath in your lungs and you can hear, and if you have any sort of person that you speak to, then you have a foundation to lay. You have a stone to bring. So if y'all will just stand, I just want to pray us out of here real quick. Heavenly Father, we just come to you um, full of thanks and full of praise, Lord. There's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that um, we've done that would ever equal and Father God, we just ask that the people that we're assigned to, that Father God, that we would have eyes to see those people, that we would have ears to hear those people, and we wouldn't neglect anymore. Father God, we understand that the foundation that you have laid before us and that is trusted and true, and Father God, we just praise you and thank you for your everlasting kingdom. Heavenly Father, I just ask that for each person here that heard these words tonight, that Father God, it would bless them and that um, they would be able to be a blessing to others that need to hear the words. Father God, we just ask for safety on our travels home and we praise you and we thank you and we love you in Jesus' mighty name, amen.